Power up with the power pod! <laughs> power up with the power pod! Power up with the power pod! Power up with the power pod! Keep giving all the love you can. You couldn't even hear me pee, could you? No. Because I sat down. It's the polite way to pee. doesn't make any noise, so people around don't have to hear it. It's the pee-pee way to pee? Yes, exactly. Your polite pee? The pee way to pee-pee. Pee way to pee-pee. <laughs> Do you sit down? It's the, the pee way to pee-pee. Time to have a nice, relaxing pee-pee. <clears throat> Let me take a sip of my not-sponsored Red Bull. It's the blue Red Bull. It's not the yellow, my fave. It's a shame. What's the difference in the taste? What's the yellow Red Bull? I think yellow is like tropical. What does that even mean? I don't know. Suntan lotion. No, that's coconut. That's what it means. Tropical. No, means tropical sun- can mean um, pineapple. It's one I just call it pineapple. <laughs> because it has other stuff, like rainbow fruit <laughs> and sun citrus, and oh, that very tropical fruit, red ripe grape and berry. Oh, yes, that really puts me in a tropical mood. Mm. When I think of the equator, I think of red, ripe, grape, and berry. Mm-hmm. And um, so juicy. Oh, the juiciest. Are you ready for the show, Miss Perfectionist? Miss mm. Pixie? What? <laughs> what is that? Miss Pixie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a wonderful toy. It's a head on a stick. Mm-hmm. And you can comb the hair. Well, you can do the hair. There was a little girl... Like giving that doll a blowout, curling it. Yeah, the head on the stick. Miss Pixie. Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. Nice to meet you, Autumn Fisher. Hi, what's your name? My name is Jake. Hi, Jake. Nice to meet you. You know why my name is Jake? Because it rhymes with fake. It's, oh, so... Is that not your name? That's your fake name? Yeah, that was the brilliant reasoning. When I would go to parties and introduce myself to people I didn't really want to talk to, I'd tell them my name was Jake because it rhymed with fake. Did anyone come back to you and say, oh, does that mean that it's fake? Are you telling me a fake name? No, people never said that, but I would have to answer to Jake throughout the night. Yeah. My name is Greg Russ. Everyone says my last name, even if I don't want them to, because it's one syllable. Mm. I think people with one syllable last names always have their last name said. Like Tom? Yeah, even if it was a long name. Tom Jones. Tomblebee Bumblebutt Jones. You would always throw them the last name. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever thought about going by Gregory? No. I don't know why. I think it uh, reminds me of uh, a black man who goes to Morehouse College. Gregory? Yes. Interesting. Why? That's not not that that's a bad thing. No, it just is what it I just don't think think that I should be pretending to be such a person because that's offensive because i'm not a black man who goes to morehouse 
wait, 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 wait. So in your mind, it brings up this image. And to not offend only you, you've decided to not go by Gregory. That's, <laughs> yes. Okay. Because nobody else hears Greg in their, Gregory and they think black man from Morehouse College. What, so what do you think of when you hear? Gregory, I think of like a businessman who's um, always gone by Greg, but is trying to um, feel like an adult in an adult world. And so he's going by Gregory, like people who have been named Katie their whole lives and all of a sudden want to be called Catherine. It's that kind of thing. So you're saying that it's a little more dignified and that Greg is a child's name. Not that it's a child's name. It is any shortening of a name seems less formal. And so you're trying to maybe cheat some formality into your personality. And so you're going to go by Gregory now. Yeah, see, I have always viewed it dif differently uh -huh. in the sense that Gregory was what I was called when I was a kid. Oh, is that, that right? And then I eventually broke out of that. Oh. And then I got to become Greg, so that I was an adult. Oh, okay. No, I think Greg is a good adult name. What I don't understand are the names that people are getting now, like Caden, you know? And no offense to anyone who's named their kid Caden, but can you imagine your little kid Caden as an adult, like Grandpa you know what I mean? Like Grandpa Caden. None of these names have like staying power into all the different ages. People are just naming their kids kid names instead of adult names. It seems weird to you, but if you were a kid and your grandpa's name was Caden and that's what you grew up with, I don't think it would be that strange. For example, if you named someone Power Switch and that was just their name. Yeah. No, but you would grow up and realize that there are other names that have staying power like William. And even shorting, shortening that to Bill... You, when they're little kids, you can call them Billy. But then when they're grandpas, you know, they're like William, maybe. Grandpa Billy. Yeah. Well, when you add the Y or an IE, uh -huh. that makes it sound childish to me. Right. Greggy. Greggy. Audie. Audie. My mom calls me Audie. Aunt Audie. <laughs> that works. That's nice. Aunt Audie? Audie's actually not a bad name. It sounds like Audi. Like, Audie. Like A U D. I? Is this our topic for no, this week? This, Names? This is your point. You have to bring it up. You say. Name, oh, because it's, it's your. My, it's your week. It's my week. Hey, Autumn, you know what? This is your week for a topic. So what you got? What you thinking? Uh, I think we should start this podcast over. Is that okay that it's turned off? No, it's that's fine. What okay. are you you're worrying me? Let me go check this computer right, now. See, things have to be. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Well, that's a nice lead in for yeah. this episode what is this thing doing why would it do such a thing see it's gone to sleep well it shouldn't go to sleep this computer it's supposed to keep running oh i'm just gonna set the the sleep to zero okay this is a trick i do at work yeah sometimes when i want to disappear for an hour I, I just set it to an hour and a half that way if somebody walks by and sees my computer they'd think that i haven't been gone that long because right. it's not asleep because it's not asleep <laughs> oldest trick in the book i'm sure but i still feel like i'm Pulling a fast one on people. Okay, there. Yes. Now, now we're set up. Things should be perfect. Good, because this week's topic, I want to talk about perfectionism. Because you are a perfectionist. Well, it turns out maybe I do have a trait of perfectionism in me. You do. Let me tell you. Uh -huh. if you. If you misspell something in a text or you get a fact wrong, you apologize profusely. You want to hide. You become meek. Like there's a real embarrassment that washes over you if you make a small mistake. Yeah. Which I think is ridiculous. Mm. 
And this is a, I was looking, I said, what is this? What is this perfectionism that's going on with you? Yeah. Aughty? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I've always thought of people who are perfectionists, which is a type of perfectionism, that the people who, you know, never have a hair out of place, never, um, you know, always do or say the right things. Um, you know, like, I feel like Southern women. <laughs> Southern women are the perfectionists? Well, I feel like there's a there's a push on a lot of, like, Southern culture to be perfect. Like, the perfect hostess, the perfect wife, well, the perfect as a, mother. As a woman in your looks and yeah. going out into the world, you need to look a certain... You should always be put together. You never know who you're going to run into, you know. And I, I'm not that because I'm fine with, you know... No, yours is more of an anxiety disorder. It's it's more of a uh, like a social something where uh, I don't I want to always like I, I, I want to always have something to say. I don't want to be caught in awkward moments. And so I need to behave in a certain way. And if I don't or if there's an awkward situation, I feel like it's my job to make that situation not awkward. And if I don't, then it's my fault that it was awkward. Like I should have done something. Yeah, I've got a list of things here. Okay. And this will help us put you in that box because people like to have, they like being assigned mm -hmm. traits. And uh, you know, for example, when I started going to therapy, I really pushed my therapist to give me some diagnosis. It just makes it easier. Uh -huh. It's like, I want a diagnosis so I can understand what's going on. And it fits neatly in a box at that point. She says it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Not everyone gets a diagnosis. Okay. Sometimes these things are uh, a little more free flowing than that. But in your quest for self-discovery, mm -hmm. we can maybe get this assigned to you. So eight okay. signs that you're a perfectionist. <laughs> okay. Tell me if this fits. Sure. Despite your search for perfection, you never feel perfect. Oh, of course. Isn't that everyone? Well, I think that the idea is some people realize that you don't have to be perfect. Oh. So therefore it doesn't consume them. It's okay. a, you know, it can be. Well, the answer is yes to that one. That true. So in an that attempt, me. in an attempt to be perfect, it's a goal that you have set that you will never, ever reach. So it's just destined for failure because you're working towards perfection, but you will never feel perfect. Sure. Uh, you cannot accept and celebrate your success. Um, you know, I can accept it, but if someone is like really complimenting me, I think like, oh no, what I do is nothing. I'm not doing anything. And you're dismissive of yourself. Yeah, I'm dismissive. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm fine if, if I'm fine with like taking spoils of a success or something, but I think that the people praising me or telling me that I do a good job, it's like, ah, you know, thank you. But also, it's not that big a deal. You're stupid. That's what I think to people when they say something nice to me. It's like, come on. Oh, I don't think it's they're stupid. I think you it's like, stupid? I've fooled them. Yeah, there not was, that they're stupid. This this is certainly <laughs> something that I struggle with myself. You cannot okay. accept and celebrate your success. Yeah. I've done plenty of things in my life that... I look back on and say, wow, that's cool. And it should be a success. But in my mind, it's always been, that's not where you want to be. Who mm. cares if you did that? All right. That's, that's still a failure. That's a success for a lesser person. Right. But you're you above mean. this. Yeah. Not mean, don't get me confused uh, in saying 
as a person who would think that they're better. Right. Just saying you're above this doesn't mean that I think I'm better. Because you can you can be better than that. I think I'm a piece of shit and I understand that. And that's where true genius lives <laughs> is, is knowing that you're a piece of shit. Everyone's a piece of shit. Yeah. And just want people to accept that. Then once you set that framework, you can work within that. And then I can say I'd like to be perfect even though I'm a piece of shit. Well, doesn't that just mean like lowering your standard? No, I didn't. And say like, I'm a piece of shit, so... It's not lowering standards. It's just realizing that there's nothing special about any of us. We're just a coincidence uh, in the but universe. But that's not true. Yeah, this is there just... Is spe- there are special things about each other. This is just a, something that happened. The universe, the conditions became right for this so life. And I get what you're saying because part of me not accepting some of my success and feeling like I've fooled people is like... I could be anybody like, you know, I'm thinking about the radio show and people complimenting me on like voices or being funny or something. And I think you're talking about the radio show that you're on every weekday. Yes. From from 9 a.m. to noon with a supplementary half hour podcast at noon, noon to 1230 on WSB. Yeah. 95.5 FM in Atlanta. The show is called the Von Hessler Doctrine. Yeah, that show. Well, you got to look. Some people may listen to us and not. No, you just did a really good job explaining the whole thing slowly yeah. and concisely. I just want to make people make sure people know where they can find. I just screwed up. You see the way I just oh, I just want to make. God, I want to quit. Time. I want to quit this whole podcast now. Yeah, this is it. Just scrap it. That is I'm presenting it as a joke, but there are times when I stumble over words and I I really, really want to just hide. OK. And blow stuff up. So is that your perfectionism? Yeah, I mean, I I think spelling mistakes, misspeaking, mm-hmm. factual errors, these are things that I try to avoid quite often myself. Wait, we need to finish the thought a second ago about. No, we'll get back to that. WSB and the show. Okay, yeah. So you yeah, on the show? Someone, someone saying that. Okay, you were saying that we're just a coincidence in this universe, and I kind of feel like it's just a coincidence that I'm here, you know. Um, and I think it has to do too with my not striving to be on the air and now I'm here and I've made it. It was more like I stayed in touch with everyone. I did. I do have some skill that not everybody has. Like there are friends of Eric's who he's not asking to be on the show. I have a skill that he sees and he feels is valuable. And so I'm on the show. And instead of just knowing that, and always feeling like, yeah, I'm doing a great job. When someone tells me that I'm funny or that I'm doing a good job, I think I could have been anybody. There's somebody else out there who also, you know, can do these voices. It's not just me. But maybe it's not. Maybe it is. Maybe no one would do them as well. Or I don't know. But even that seems very conceited. I don't. I have a perfectionist, idealized image okay so I have an idealized image of myself that I like for people to know or see and I think that that uh maintaining that means that sometimes I act in a uh perfectionism way (laughs) I don't know if that was presented properly perfectionism way I know you just made a mistake I did now you get out of here (laughs) let's shut this show down Uh, I'm I'm sorry out of here I'm sorry that I'm not dismissing what you say okay so going back to the show I think the way I view it, the radio show that I'm only on, not as much as you, mm-hmm. but being on that show does not make me special in any way. I don't think I'm better than anyone else, but within 
the show within that context, that's already been set. I want to be perfect on the show. Oh, okay. So that's the difference. Uh, this this pursuit of perfectionism doesn't mean that I think that I'm any better than anyone else. But when I'm doing something, I do want it to be perfect. And it sounds like you're saying, well, maybe you're having a hard time accepting that you should even be on the show. Some imposter syndrome. Is that going on? I mean, a little bit. I, In some ways, I do know that I am bringing a skill and that maybe someone could do an impression, but they wouldn't be able to be as quick. Or maybe someone could, you know, do a lot of improving, but not know when to hold back. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I do bring something to the show that's specific to me. But I also feel like you said about the randomness of the universe and everything that, you know, if it's not, if it wasn't me, then the show would be fine without me. And, uh, okay. So you cannot accept and celebrate your success. There you go. Just a little bit. We've established that one. I say half of yes. You don't allow yourself any mistakes. So, um, because we're using the radio show as an example, but I think this applies across the board to you. Let's say you make a statement on the air. And it was wrong. And you find that out later. Yeah. How do you feel at oh, that point? Oh, very embarrassed. Um, like I replay it in my head. And the, you know, one part of my brain is like, ah, whatever. Get over it. And that was my improv sort of training was learning how to fail and um, realizing that like time moves forward. It's over now. On to the next thing. That really helped. But yeah, I'll think about the, the mistake I made and I'd be so embarrassed. And... There was a time I was on the air at 99X and see, here's this is why this one really stood out. Just making the mistake in the first place was embarrassing enough. Uh, but I was also going after a listener. There was a listener who called up and I forget exactly what they were saying, but they didn't believe in evolution mm-hmm. is what it led to. And so then I was mocking them and you know, really going after them. And instead of saying Darwin, oh. I said Freud as for, oh. you know, uh, discussing evolution. Yeah. It wasn't Freud. Freud was the, the psychologist and Darwin was the theory of evolution. And then so you make such a mistake in that one still to this day eats me. We're talking about 14 years ago I made that mistake and sometimes it still hits me. I'm like, I can't believe. So just making that mistake on its own would be bad enough because... Yeah. It's like, you're an idiot. You don't even know what the hell you're talking about. But if I'm giving another person shit yeah. and then you make a mistake. For being dumb and then you make such a dumb mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And it just <laughs> gives the person ammo and anyone else listening uh, ammo to fire back at you. And I think that's one of the big things for me in this pursuit for perfection, which I've learned. It's like an armor. It makes you impenetrable if you're perfect. Yes, but... It's impossible to be perfect. Yeah. And I think it hits harder when you make a mistake because then it just leaves you vulnerable and some asshole could come along and point at you and laugh like, ah, <laughs> probably because that's what I would do. If I caught someone who was thinking that they were so great and then they screwed up, I right. would make sure of course. that they knew. Yeah. But I mean, there's times I just talk- Because you're really putting yourself out there by making fun of someone else because then it puts you up for uh, ridicule or- or criticism. But there's times just in talking to you that I'll mispronounce a word and I know that you never just let it go. You <laughs> Me? always, yes, you yeah. always will repeat it the way that I said it. And it happens on this show sometimes. Yeah, I like, do it on the doctrine too. It's like I'm not getting by. 
and I trust you, and I know that you're not out to hurt me. Yeah. But still, even then, I tense up. I'm like, oh, All right, here sorry. It comes. Get ready to take this punch. Uh-huh. <laughs> you don't have to apologize. Maybe I shouldn't do that. No, it's a thing. Make fun of people. It's never is... to make fun of. Then what is it? What's the point of pointing out? It's that out? I need you to know that I know the real way to say it. <laughs> well, sometimes it's not even a mispronunciation and not knowing. It's just through speaking. Sometimes you yeah. mispronounce things and you actually know the way. Or you, yeah. you say something incorrectly. It makes me feel better that I know. <laughs> shitty thing yeah it's like taking your finger and putting it in the bullet wound just shoving it in there it's like you have a bullet wound how does that feel you have a bullet wound and i put my finger in it it's a yeah i wrote this down placing inhuman goals on your human behavior you know what i mean you're like you're placing you're 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 saying i can't be a certain way when you're inherently that way, there's nothing you can do. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to say things wrong. Not acceptable, though. Yeah, unacceptable. How dare you? Uh, that, uh, continuing on this list, this one's totally. You put up a front insisting everything is perfect. I never say things are perfect. <laughs> uh, that does hit me pretty hard. That does one. that one? Yeah. It hits you hard? Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Because that is, uh, I don't, I, I'm not putting on a show, you know, of like people who's like, oh, everything's great. You know, this is great. And I'm just the greatest. And da, da. I'm not that. I'm just like, it's good. Like, mm-hmm, everything's fine. No complaints. But maybe things aren't really fine. Well, that's different. That's just, you don't want to tell people what's good. No, no, no. Before, no, no, no. This is like. I am not paying attention to the things that maybe aren't okay because I, if I don't deal with anything, then everything's fine. Is that what that means? You think? Well, you put up a front insisting everything is perfect. Yeah. yeah. I think you put up a front for yourself, not even necessarily for other people. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Cause I, I really don't feel like, I mean, when you think about, like I said, in the beginning of the show, when you feel, or when you think about someone who's a perfectionist, the like stereotype of that. I don't feel like I'm that. I'm some other like subset of perfectionism. Well, there's just you're just thinking of purely physical perfectionist who cares about their looks and everything needs to be perfect. Yeah, and like they their house up. has to be a certain way, or they have to live in a certain they have to live with a certain lifestyle. I'm not like that, but there is a part of me that feels like I should be a certain way, and that's the no one is putting that on me. It's myself. Is that I should be a certain way. I should act a certain way. I shouldn't act a certain way. That kind of thing. The front insisting everything is perfect when it's not. I think the reason people do that. And you, it's not a show for other people. Mm-mm. I don't think. But it's for yourself. Because it is hard for you to accept when things aren't perfect like you said an idealized image and part of your idealized image seems to be this person who doesn't make any mistakes yeah. or has everything figured out and oh it's yeah going to just seamlessly and easily get through life yes and everything is going to be wonderful yeah. and when it doesn't work out that way because it's all my fault because that's the way things do work they don't work out it's perfectly. something that i did wrong 
And maybe it is something you did wrong. We all screw up. We're all flawed beings. Mm-hmm. It's not a... And look, and I say this, I'm I'm talking about you quite a bit, but this is certainly something that I've struggled with. And we don't, you know, moving on on this list, you avoid taking on challenges that you that may cause you to fail. Yeah, there's certainly things that I have avoided in my life because failing at writing, for example, writing mm-hmm. is something that I feel like I've always been good at my whole life. And what if I failed at it? What if I tried to do it and I failed? And this one thing that I thought that I was good at then suddenly is proven to be something that I'm not good at. It's also not that clear cut. You could fail at it and still be good at it because you need to learn things about it and you need to hone the skill. But, you know, even writing in general, I don't it gives me so much anxiety because when you're writing something and I'm talking about, you know, a short story uh, fiction of some, it could be anything. But those are the things that give me the most fear um when you're putting your thoughts down for the first time they're not going to you're organizing things you're organizing thoughts you're creating a story you're going to rework it there's going to be different drafts but i cannot stand having a working draft on paper because it's proof that if someone else comes across if i die and they see this (laughs) thing like what the hell was this this was the biggest pile of garbage i've ever read in my life and you know there's something very unsettling even though i know it's a process i hate the process because the process until you get to the end and even at the end it's probably not perfect but you know the process itself the pursuit for perfection is messy and i don't like that okay so you know i'm talking about you quite a bit but i'm also probably projecting a lot onto you (laughs) i don't think that that one is me that you avoid taking challenges that may cause you to fail? Right. I don't think I do that. I'll try. You know? And if it... Is there something that you're really... You really enjoy that you like to do? I'm just I'm just trying to think that maybe you have avoided. Usually creative, I feel like. Yeah. Because creative pursuits are often a reflection of a person. Like to themselves. Uh-huh. Like this is me. It's not like I tried to make some chicken and the chicken came out overcooked. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, well, that stinks. Especially if you're cooking for someone else. You don't yeah, yeah. want them to have rubbery chicken. But, you know, that's not necessary unless you're a chef. But if if that mistake happens, it's not a reflection on your worth. I don't know, though. You know, that's a good example because if I was making something, I do it with baking. You know, something I bake could be perfectly fine, but it isn't how I wanted it. It isn't the way it looks in the picture. And it's because I didn't do some like not that I didn't follow the directions correctly. It's just like it wasn't turning out, you know, and I'm so embarrassed by that. And I just want to throw it away. You know, like when I was really sort of learning how to bake bread, I would bake these breads and they were not just edible, but they were fine, you know, but for me, I felt like they didn't spring enough in the oven, which means like they didn't get tall enough. They were still too flat or they were uh, like when you cut it open, the um, the density at the bottom was too dense because I let it whatever. You know what I mean? Like I was looking at all these things and felt like they were not perfect. And I felt like I needed them to be perfect. And I was making bread over and I would make like two loaves in a day if I messed up the first one. What would you do with the messed up loaf? Throw it away. Or I'd, really? put it out, I'd, I'd put it outside for the birds. And oh, then the birds got some. Travis would get mad at me because he felt like I was just putting garbage outside. 
Well, I mean, other animals are going to eat the yeah. the bread, so I don't yeah. know if that's such an awful thing. Though to throw it away, ultimately you realize if it tastes okay, it's chewed up. And right, it's but it's the same thing with your draft. It's like this thing is just going to mock me, this stupid bread that's not perfect. It, that's That was my like rough draft, just sitting there mocking me, knowing that I didn't I didn't do something right and that I'm not good at this. It'd be like that. So have you given up on any of this baking? Is there any specific item that you were trying to bake that you couldn't get right and you just stopped trying? Um, weirdly, pizza dough, because it's really hard to make your own pizza dough and um, get it in the oven and then get it out of the oven. Because like if you don't make it strong enough, then it like seeps down between the wires, you know, or it gets stuck to something or you have to have like cornmeal, like it's a whole thing. So I've done it before. I didn't have a pizza stone and I did it this like hack way where you put a upside down cookie sheet in there to like warm up in the oven like a pizza stone and you use it. But then it was sticking to the thing. It was horrible and it was so embarrassing. The pizza was edible. It tasted good. The bread, especially like the the dough itself really did taste good. I really liked it. But I was so embarrassed that like it was all messy and like folded because I couldn't get it off of the thing into the oven. Like ugh, it was horrible. And I never made it again because I was like, oh, I can't do this. Forget it. Was that the only time you tried to make it? Yeah. So there you go. You avoided take. You tried the challenge. Yeah. But you failed at it. Uh-huh. And then you never tried it again. It seemed too difficult to get even acceptably acceptably right. I couldn't do it. But I think with continued effort, you could have learned to do it. There was no need to never try it again just because you didn't get it right the first time. And at that point, what do you... I feel like I should... I've deemed myself good at baking. And when I don't do something right, I feel like a fraud. Like, you're not good at baking. Why do you say you're good at baking? You're not. That's what I think to myself. I'm trying to piece this together because there's a pursuit to uh-huh. be the best at things uh-huh. almost immediately. But there's also a lot of feeling like you're not worthy and yes. you're fooling people. So when you were talking about other things like creatively, um, I do know how to do some editing and like in the audio software stuff like Aud- Audacity. No. Audible? No. Audition? How yeah. do you feel after getting those names wrong? <laughs> Fine. Because yeah. I thought it was funny the way I was finding it in my brain, like a, like an alphabetical order card catalog, <laughs> like, okay, this one? No, that one? <laughs> yeah, you figured it out. <laughs> yeah, audition. Um, uh, yeah, I know how to do some things on there. And so if I were given some task to do that I wasn't very familiar with, I would enjoy the challenge. I wouldn't not do it because I didn't know how, but I would say that I'm finished and turn it in and I would need it. No, I would really, really want the person who gets it to think that I did have all the experience and that I did know way more than I actually do so that they would like be impressed, you know? And that's part of maybe my idealized thing. And if I if I send something to them and this like weird little thing isn't done that everybody knows how to do. If you know how to do if you know how to work this program that I don't know why you wouldn't do this to it, you know, and I don't do that. I'm like, oh, idiot. 
Oh my God, it's embarrassing, you know? So this leads to this next point on this list. Okay. You believe that your likability is linked to being perfect. Oh. Personality and positive qualities like honesty, compassion, and humor aren't what perfectionists believe people will like about them. It's not enough to be a wonderful person. You must be a perfectly wonderful person. Oh. Um, you don't allow others to see your flaws. And, you know, this is talking about personality traits, but you were talking about uh, editing. Mm-hmm. But you want the person to think, wow, that was the best editor I've ever come across. Yeah. She got it to me quick. She did what we needed. I didn't um, bother them a bunch, asking a bunch of questions. I don't want to bother them. I want to be like the totally perfect way that they want me to be. So do you worry that people will dismiss you? Yes. And and not even want you around if you don't present yourself in such a... a manner. I, I wrote this down. Acting or reacting in the perfect way for fear the person being disappointed in you forever. Forever. Well, always knowing that like I tried this, like I didn't get this thing for that. Or, or man, that time <clears throat> um, Autumn reacted this certain way and I'll always remember it and I'll always think of her as someone who does that to me and made that person disappointed. Yeah, where does this come from? Because mm-hmm. I think any reasonable person wouldn't do such a thing, but it's a it's a fear. It's a fear that I think a lot of people carry around with them. And I am I love flaws. Like I I it's weird because within conversations I do I do I am drawn to people who are open with who they are, which means showing me their flaws so that I can also show them my flaws. But within that I want our interactions to be a certain way so that we can like so that we can bond a certain way and I want to show them my flaws in the way that they want me to show their flaws. You know what I mean? It's like a again, like another like subset of perfectionism. Feels though you're still trying to be perfect in your presentation of your flaws. Yes. It's still highly curated. Yes. It's like look, I'm a flawed person, but uh, I'm only But not too flawed. Yeah, look, it's a it's a it's cute the way I'm flawed. Yeah. Cute the way I'm flawed. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, you're going to look at this and you're going to think, oh. Part of me, like with the not farting or like, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's just polite. Yes. I think letting them rip in front of people and forcing them to smell the gases yeah. inside of your butt is not, uh, you know. Not polite. I, All right. I, you're going to say something else. But I'm saying within relationships, like still not ever being comfortable enough to fart i guess i don't know i feel like that's okay but i think it is part of this whole thing where it's like no i'm not a person who farts look at that for me that's just a neurotic yeah i just don't like the idea that i'm an animal and farting (laughs) is you know a reminder that i am so to me it's it's i don't want you to see me as someone who farts yeah because god forbid Exactly. You farted. I'm gross. And you'll always forever think I'm gross. Get out of here. Never come back. Not that. I don't think that that literally will happen. But it's like a, it's this little, um, uh, uh, like chunk taken out of this, this, uh, statue of myself that I'm giving you. Do you feel as though it diminishes attraction the other person has for you? Yeah. Well, where does this come from? I just want to know where those beliefs first formed why they're there because again most reasonable people mm-hmm. even if it's the most god-awful rotting egg meat fart in the world 
<laughs> and it is disgusting in the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would dismiss a person and I'm not attracted to you anymore. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some people who are there. I worry about this and I'm saying that viewing farts as I do in an erotic way. Uh-huh. It could possibly get to the point where it all just disgusts me and then I have to shut down and remove myself from mm-hmm. humanity <laughs> okay. and isolate in an igloo somewhere and never come across anyone. But then, you know, that's a very extreme thing. But the truth is I'm, I'm not going to judge a person and not find them to be attractive anymore because of a bodily function hmm. that everyone here's it, it would be an awful thing if only some people farted. And other people didn't. (laughs) And then you're with someone and you find out that they're one of those people who does fart. Oh, no. And then it's, then, oh, look, I'm not a person who wants to be with a farter. So I'm sorry. We have to end this now because there are non-farters out there. But Uh this is everyone. So it's across the board. And anyone who passed any judgment of any sort for it is a hypocrite. Right then and there, you should be dismissing them. Right. I've never come across anyone who's going to dismiss me because of it. It's my own. It's it's not it's not anyone else putting this on me. It's all me. You I know, know it's it, self-imposed. But these things come from somewhere. Right. I know it's self-imposed because all the fucked up things in my life, <laughs> it didn't really come from. I had ideas that yeah. I created in my mind. And I think a lot of them were just projections and. Yeah, I think farting is gross. So therefore, if I fart in front of people, uh, they're going to have to think less of me because I think it's disgusting. Yeah. Is that yeah. where this is coming? So let's say, let's just turn this around. If someone that you found attractive farted in front of you, yeah, how would you feel about them? Um, If it was an accident, then it's okay. But if it was on purpose. But if they were like just like lifting up their leg... Like on the couch with you, you're like, ugh, no, gross. So this is born out of your own feelings. Yeah. Toward towards farting. Yeah. Maybe farting is a bad example. No, I I think it's a good example, and maybe we went too far with it, but I think too far with it. <laughs> I think it's a good example <laughs> of you not feeling as though being a normal human being. Yes. Is is okay. acceptable. Yeah. I have to be a little bit better than a normal human being because I feel like I'm better than a normal human being. But if you really like flaws, though, in people, yeah, none of this would matter. It's only certain flaws. I think you, the idea of flaws in people, there's a vulnerability that comes with it. So yeah. if they're admitting their flaws to you, because there are plenty of people who do pretend that there's, you know, they're always putting and on a show. And I can't do that. I cannot be friends with someone who's like that. Who's inauthentic. Yes. It's also not realistic. It's like, I know you're lying. Yeah. No one's life is this great. And I and I also like people who, you know, ask embarrassing questions, you know, and it makes them vulnerable because it makes me it makes me feel good that they can ask something that makes them feel vulnerable. And I'm going to treat them gently with their vulnerability. I'm not going to like throw it back at them and like make fun of them. And so that makes me feel special and Perfect. You protect them. Yeah. It's like, thank you for trusting me with this. And I'm not going to let you down. I'm going to yeah. show you that that was a right choice that you so can that, be comfortable with that choice. Yeah. So that kind of conversation is important to me to have with like new friends or with just people. And when you can't do that, which is totally fine, you're protecting yourself. You know, if you have boundaries, that's totally fine. But it's kind of boring for me. 
<laughs> if you have boundaries and I have to respect your boundaries. But you've already got boundaries set because these flaws that you will admit there's there's rules to them seemingly. Yeah. They're not going to there's some things that are off limits still. It's like I'm going to admit these things to you and show you that I am a person who I'm changing though. I am learning that I can really sort of truly express certain aspects of who I am. When you Dutch oven a lover, that's when you know you've made it. <laughs> that's just cruel. You've really, you've, that's some weird, like you've transcended. we prank each other couple. He's napping on the couch and I throw a bucket of paint on him. Got you. Yeah. Just in general, those uh, kind of pranking relationships. I'm not. Yeah. I don't always want to be looking over my shoulder. No. Someone's going to come. I set your pant leg on fire. (laughs) Got you good, fucker. I put a pot of, a pot of, see, I screwed up. Oh, Oh, God. Let's start over. A pot of boiling. Welcome to One Topic. Where we we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. Wait, that's, no, you're Greg. And my name is. Uh Oh. (laughs) Oh. Finished. No, I, I was going to say, I, I took a pot of boiling water and put it on the door, and the door opened and it scalded you. Ah, ah hilarious. <laughs> April what Fools. an idiot. Real moron. He opened his own door and got water scalded him. Your life doesn't satisfy you. I don't think that this one necessarily falls mm. to you. I think there are levels Sometimes. of dissatisfaction that we all yeah. experience, probably through the pursuit of wanting things to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it is hard to actually enjoy things in your life if you're constantly worried about how you're fucking things up in your life yeah. and you're not doing them properly. And I don't feel like I'm constantly thinking like that. That's why I said I don't think. I think that there are times. Yeah. It certainly, I think, with some people can overwhelm and dominate mm-hmm. their whole existence. You know, a lot of this ties into other mental disorders. Yeah, anxiety. Anxiety, OCD, mm-hmm. depression. A lot of times people who have substance abuse issues are trying to escape this this desire for perfection. Mm -hmm. Well, and a lot of times um, people who come from overbearing parental relationships can sort of, the the, uh, overbearing parent expected perfectionism from the kid. And so they grew up constantly trying to achieve something that was inachievable. Unachievable. Oh. Start over. Start over. <laughs> delete, How many times have we started delete over? Delete this whole show. Is this the fourth time? No, what you're saying with parents, though, that's a, I, I didn't think it came from your parents, mm-hmm. this unrealistic view on how you should be. Uh, but that's what I was, when I was asking you, I was like, where does this come from? Mm-hmm. I think it does come from like a mirroring of what my parents uh, are. You know, um, just in the past couple months, I've sort of, learned some things about my parents and their relationship and how they function as a relationship. And um, based on those things, it kind of makes sense that I would think this way a little bit because um, both my parents in their own relationship are a little avoidant. And I think that means that, you know, nothing is really uh, dug into. And so you don't, really get to feel anything except whatever happy thing is happening. You know what I mean? Like there's no, um, there's no bickering, there's no fighting, which is cool, but also 
sort of sets you up to feel like if anything like that ever happens that it's wrong and yeah and it's scary and um like a a, a fear of making someone else feel a certain way that isn't uh good for you to feel that they're feeling um is easily avoided by just doing things right you know and not disappointing them or not making them feel a certain way by expressing your true needs or your true personality not personality because i feel like i'm i i give people my true personality i'm not fake no but i just fake i wouldn't i wouldn't want anything to do with (laughs) i'm i'm just uh sometimes i just tweak some things about me (laughs) that's not even true i mean there are some situations where i do that and that's just a way to get along you know in um in a conversation you know but other times it's uh it's more of me being me expecting too much from myself and those things that i expect are things that i shouldn't have to expect from myself and other people don't expect from me yeah and there's a discomfort in and so you're saying you know with your parents mm-hmm. i'm just thinking about this one part like no oh, there really wasn't much disagreement or fighting and those are normal things to have happen you disagree with people right and those moments can be uncomfortable even if you know that they're acceptable but to never see them they probably and and to have this idea that that's not a normal thing right then that's very unsettling and i think when when in reality it does start to happen yeah, and this, you know... Not just in, like, romantic relationships, but just, like, between friendships and stuff. Yeah, and if you're striving to be the best version of yourself, which isn't going to be perfect. Yeah. But if you're striving for that, it's still a process, and it can still be messy, and you need to learn to become okay with those parts and sitting with those feelings. You know, that's the thing with going back to me writing. Knowing that the process is the process. Right. And whatever first draft is out there is not the final so it doesn't need to be the best version and that is still hard for me to sit with even knowing that so i avoid it yeah it's so funny because when i hear you say it it's like why do you do that you know so yes it's so easy when you hear other people (laughs) talk about these things just don't do that and why would you do that Uh and where is this lack of confidence coming from or whatever it's like why that doesn't make sense you shouldn't be like that it's like yeah of course maybe you're actually right it and it's all be. self-imposed. Like, can't you just, sw- if it's from you, then you can just change your mind and not do it. That's the hardest kind of yeah. <laughs> switch. When it's self-imposed, you've created the system for some reason. Uh-huh. And it's serving some fucked up purpose. Uh, so I, 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 yes, looking at it from as an outsider, you'd say, sure, just that, that's a very easy thing to say. No, mm-hmm. that's the... Someone else is giving you shit for something. I think it's easier to dismiss them. Right. Like, shut up. Because, again, I think if you're a perfectionist and someone calls you out on it, then you're like, yeah, I do suck. You know, but no, you don't. You're like, hey, get out of here. You're wrong. I'm allowed to be like this. How dare you? What it does lead to, ultimately, though, at least with me, I was like there was self-hatred. Because you're setting up unrealistic goals for yourself Mm -hmm. and you're never going to meet them. And therefore, you're constantly failing, even if you're not really failing at anything. Yeah, it's it's your own weird measure of failure. Yeah, and then you start to dislike yourself. 
Yeah. Like, you loser. You can't get anything done properly. Yeah. And it'll eat away at you. Well, that's why I had to get better at baking breads because I couldn't handle me not being able to make this bread. And I needed to be able to like consistently make good bread. Well, I want you to try this pizza dough again. Yeah, I guess I should. Get back. So it tasted fine. It tasted great. Okay, it tasted great. It's like, I love this dough. Did I gotta it, do this again, but I can't. Did it just not look good? It's it didn't co- look good. It's covered in sauce and cheese. It didn't look right. And fine, that that's part of it. And it was hard. It was like annoying. I was messing it up. Like things were flipping over and getting mushed and falling onto the bottom of the oven and the temperature was really hot in there. Was it because like, it was presented to other people? Like if you were just making No, a- my family, they didn't care. Yeah. It but there are other me. people. So I was what I was going to ask is if you're alone making this and it still turned out that way, would you still have not wanted to try it again? Yes. It was too much. It's all about me. <laughs> it's all about how I feel about it. I mean, it's the same thing with your writing. There's no one else putting any pressure on you. No one's coming in here and reading your Now there's first always drafts. the one person that will come in. Ah, <laughs> you Who? suck. I don't know. This Nobody. Me. You exactly of a, of a different of me would go in later. You see, see the pizza does like, ah, <laughs> this sucks. You <laughs> suck. That's not even like a version of me that exists anywhere. That's like a child yeah. version of me that was, oh, it was real at some point. Mm-hmm. I think you take any opportunity, but look, you point out people when they point out mistakes that people make, and you take joy in it still to this day. I guess so. Yeah, like, hey, you screwed that up. I want to say it's because I'm asking, wait, isn't this how you say it? But I really think I'm saying you said that wrong. This is the right way. I'm right. You're wrong. I feel like you put yourself in that situation. And if you you're like, well, if I were the person who had said that wrong, I would. Yes. I would feel bad about it. Yeah. I would want to know the right way. It's like when um, I would be embarrassed and ashamed. And the worst thing that could happen is someone pointing it out, making fun of me. Uh-oh. I was like, well, but I'm just going to do that. To this other person to offset no, that anxiety. No one's making fun of I'm not doing that and making fun of them. Like, <laughs> hey, you idiot. It's pronounced, you know, whatever. I was embarrassed when I, oh, I hadn't ever heard Hermione's name out loud. And when I was reading the Harry Potter books, I was reading it as Hermione. I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. And then when I heard, I was like, oh, it's Hermione. Oh Look, my I, God. I get those Harry Potter fans, actually. God, oh, my God. They, they'd probably really come after you for getting that wrong. But do you really I mean, care? it was right in the beginning. You know what I mean? It was like after the third book. Your dad. Did your dad correct you on that since he loves? No, I think it was the movie. Harry I think Potter when I so when we saw the movie or maybe when the movie was coming out, I was reading. I'd only read the three, the, th- the first three books. Yes, I did read the books. <laughs> and uh, there's a whole joke where I don't know how to read. I'm embarrassed because you're looking at me like I'm not, you're not with me on this. I'm with you on that. The okay. joke that you don't know how to read. Yeah. I think <laughs> you know how to read. I think it's just you not wanting to read. And Oh, start. let's start over. What, the whole show? I've shut down now. This Why'd you shut, shut down? Because <laughs> it was embarrassing that I made a reference to something and you didn't respond. I responded. Right. <laughs> you're like this. How would you want me to respond to that? Oh, yeah. You don't know how to read. Oh, yeah. You don't know how to read. I know, right? Anyway. <laughs> okay. Does it feel better? Yeah. All right. We can move on. You don't know how to read. And then you were reading Harry Potter. Though. Anyway, I read the first three 
And I was pronouncing it in my head, Hermione. And maybe I said it out loud as Hermione. And then I think someone corrected me. Or maybe I saw the previews or something. And maybe they said Hermione. I don't know. And I was like, oh. And I was embarrassed. And I kept thinking about like, oh, so stupid. Why was I saying it? Ugh, of course it's Hermione. <laughs> you know. No, there, there are certainly things that when I'm on the radio show, the doctrine, mm. Von Hessler doctrine, I'm presenting news stories. If there's a word that I don't know how to pronounce in the, the news story, I'm not sure. I will just avoid it. Oh really? Oh, I look it up and figure out how to. Sometimes, pronounce it. sometimes I look it up. Sometimes I use the the YouTube videos that tell you how to pronounce. Those something. are bullshit. And then yeah, but I don't yeah I don't fully trust them, no. which is why. And you know I'll I'll write it in the search bar phonetically yeah. if I am going to attempt to say it. But even then, it's still there's a anxiety that introduces itself. It's like okay, who cares if you mispronounce something? Oh, um, I have a name anxiety, which I hear is a real thing, where you are introduced to people and you know you're introduced to them and then hours go by and you're supposed to remember their name i'm i can't i'm i get very anxious when i have to say someone's name or call them by their name because even if i feel like i know their name i feel like i'm gonna mess it up and that i'm gonna say the actually the wrong name and there have been like people i've been introduced to that i you know Months later, still don't know their name because now it's been too long and you can't ask. But <laughs> just I don't know. Just ask. You should just ask. Yeah. I think the longer it goes on and the more you interact with the person. Yeah. And then if you ask them later, what was your name? Sorry, I forgot. Then it's weird. Yeah. I'm like, what? You've been doing this the whole time? Yeah. You still don't know my name? You've been avoiding saying my name. and But even then, if someone but approached But even people me, that I, like I said, I do know their names. Not like friends, of course, but like people sometimes that I just don't see very often or something There's, or maybe it's like colleagues like at work or something maybe i'll i'll know their name but i'm afraid that i'm gonna say the wrong name so i don't say their name at all and again if you don't remember someone's name i think it is okay yeah but you should pr- uh, pr- approach it earlier yeah i'm like hey i'm sorry I there really- was just a neighbor once that i was introduced to and then never was introduced again and months and months and months years we lived across the hall and I still, I didn't know his name. Like, hey neighbor, how you doing? <laughs> there was a time that I was meeting, well, one of my friends, two of her friends, and I forget their names, Lisa and something else. And I've never met these people and she just only talked about them. And then I finally met the people and I called the one Lisa. I'm like, huh? That was a reaction. Who's? It's like, oh, and then I felt like a, a moron, like a fool. Uh-huh. For the rest of the day. But really, it's like I never even met either of you. No one introduced themselves. And I made an assumption. And that's where the problem was. I made an assumption and it was wrong. I was wrong? Mm-hmm. Impossible. See, I'm mad at the other person for reacting that way. Well, yeah. I also thought the react. Well, she was a fool. Okay. She turned out to be a real idiot. And so. Lisa. I, I Fake was, Lisa. I, I, you know, ultimately, her reaction should have had no impact on me. Right. Because her lack of awareness in this world and the way she exists doesn't matter. I don't need to get into that. See, that's the thing. Some of this, I feel like, does help you get along, right? I mean, is maybe some people could look at these things that we've said and just call them etiquette. You know, like don't fart. Well, yeah, (laughs) that's different. That is etiquette. Yes, that's etiquette. But But the way we were talking about it. There's two different like, sides. Like, do your to best. It. You know, you're editing that thing. Try and do your best. Well, of course. And especially as you get into uh, careers and work, yeah. you, 
you demand a certain level of perfection from people, especially a surgeon. You don't want a surgeon <laughs> to be anything less than perfect. Yeah. But as the surgeon, like, how do you offset that? People do make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you aren't so hard on yourself to begin with, it's easier to actually do a better job because the pressure oh. has been removed. Um, and, but look, that's something I would never, it's also a t- completely different type of person. I couldn't go into a surgery and not be scared out of my mind that I'm operating on this person. And well, that's the thing. Up. Surgeons do so many surgeries before they're actually doing like real, real surgeries that it feels very familiar and they know where everything is they know everything that's going to happen so much of it's not even that precise if you ever watch like there's certain parts that need to be very precise but slicing someone open it's okay it doesn't matter it's like it's okay we're cutting them open anyway Mm -hmm. like you would think you would want a perfect straight line with the scalpel and then it's just wait where have you seen someone just willy-nilly cutting someone open you ever watch the way they like saw into people and Uh the people are passed out and they're just treating them like a slab of meat because you have to get certain things done oh like have you ever seen uh like breast augmentations like where they're like shoving things into their chest and i guess it's the only way to do it you have to be somewhat forceful yeah yeah the nipples on the table Oh, yeah. They have to take off their whole nipple. And they have to reconnect everything, the ducts and the nerves and the capillaries. (laughs) Strange thing. Mm -hmm. But yes, I mean, within that, there's parts where you really need to be perfect. Um, So, you know, as we talk about this, it's like, oh, it's no need to be perfect. Like yourself as you are. Know that you're unless you're a surgeon. Yeah. (laughs) Unless, unless, it's, unless you're a uh, air traffic controller. Yeah, something where other people's lives are in your hand, then you yeah. better be perfect. Figure out how to do That's that. That's a little bit different. That's not a part of your personality. That's no, a, I know. It's a skill. <laughs> yeah. But even that, people screw up with their skills. It's just mm-hmm. those are high stakes. Yeah. So, I, look, I didn't enter that kind of field for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I never even made the conscious choice not to. I just think somewhere it's like, no, I couldn't deal with that. No. It's wild to me. Yeah. But there's certainly still a level of perfection that I demand of myself professionally, uh, even though video editing is not high stakes. I just want to do things the right way. Like there are right ways to do things. And within that, if you screw up a bit, okay. But, you know, even organization Mm. uh, or thoughtful choices and making edits. Like, yeah, I can operate like this. And uh, I, I... it is okay to strive to be perfect as long as it's not hindering me negatively in other aspects of my life. And I, I think outside of work existing and interacting with other people, there's more flexibility than you think. Yeah. Well, I'm learning uh, and practicing. Um, it has changed how I walk around. You know, I think before, I think I said on the traveling episode or something or whatever, where I felt like I was being seen when I walk around by myself at the airport. And I think that that has to do with some sort of weird imaging thing that I have for myself and how I look and how it's important that they see me the way that I want them to see how I look. (laughs) (laughs) But now I feel uh, just different when I just walk down the street or something by myself. I feel, or just, you know, shopping or whatever. It doesn't feel as much like i'm putting on a little show it feels more like i'm just in my own body yeah so you that don't feels good you don't need to be perfect in your pursuit of not being perfect yeah <laughs> look it's all messy <laughs> yeah. this whole thing is is somewhat messy and you just have to learn to be 
okay with it being messy at times. Yeah. And, you know, and to prove that and to take us out on the show, I think you should just let one rip into the microphone. A real one. Don't make a fart with your mouth. I want a real. I can't fart right now. Fart on command. I can't. Okay. Well, you There's tried. nothing in there. You pushed. You pushed. <laughs> I so. peed a little bit. Okay. That's fine, too. Which peeing your pants is not as embarrassing as <laughs> farting, really? Uh, well, I now, feel like with you, you would be less embarrassed if you peed your pants. Well, if I like for real peed like down the legs, like let go, <laughs> pee, then I'd be embarrassed. Okay, but if I just peed a little bit because I was laughing or I sneezed, I'd be like, "Don't let me." Or know, if you like, farted while you laughed. Oh, that's embarrassing. Let's see, okay. Well, we'll get there. Okay. One of these shows are going to end with you just. I know it's an old hack radio thing to find. I know. I do think it's funny though when people do it. But for you to do it, that would like, that would be a real breakthrough. All right. A breakthrough with break wind. Yeah, that's my <laughs> a break wind breakthrough. Break wind breakthrough. That's what we're we're aiming for. Okay. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, you can find us online everywhere at One Topic. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Like and subscribe. Rate and review. I love you. Bye. Did I do that right? (laughs) Start over. (laughs) Hey, Greg. Hey, Autumn. Do you like hot sauce? You know, I do like hot sauce. But I'm getting pretty bored of my regular Texas Peter Tabasco. I'm looking for a local sauce without Mm. any additives or extracts. A company that uses local pepper so it's as fresh as possible. And a company that really cares about the integrity of the sauce and where their ingredients come from. Definitely. And hey, while we're at it, I don't want a sauce with too many ingredients. Mm -mm. You know, a lot of other sauces out there, they have all kinds of fillers. So I'd love to find a sauce with, I don't know, What? Let's say no more than five ingredients. Maybe even, and I mean it's crazy, but there's gotta be a company out there that hand processes their sauce. You know, bottling and labeling every bottle themselves. I'm probably asking a lot. Well, you really are, but there is a hot sauce out there who only uses five ingredients, zero fillers, additives or extracts, and who bottles, labels, and packages everything themselves. It's called Hoff Sauce. What? They're a small batch hot sauce company out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. That's one best Louisiana style sauce in the country. How many times? Not once, not twice, three times. Three times! How does that sound, Greg? I think that sounds amazing. You know how you can get your own bottle of no, hot sauce? No, no. Tell me, please, now. Hoffandpepper.com. And not only am I giving you the gift of the best hot sauce that you'll ever taste, I'm going to give you 15% off if you use the code 1TOPIC15. Hold on. That's... Yes. Get a pen and paper. One topic 15 Good. That's onetopic one five. All squished together at checkout. You'll get 15% off your order and your life will be better. Thank you. You're welcome.